0: Welcome to Insider Marketing. I'm Mark Thomas, Head of Growth here at Powered by Search. And each week, we'll be breaking down a SaaS company's marketing, giving ideas about how we would improve the strategy to get more trials, demos, and revenue using Demand Gen, SEO, and paid media. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Insider Marketing. And today, once again, I'm joined by the one, the only Pedro Villalobos. Pedro, how was that? Was that a good pronunciation or was it a little bit too Spanish? Yeah, I mean, you're getting there. You're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did the kind of the shh on the end of the S uh, pretty well, but it, I don't know. Yeah. There you go. Pedro, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine, man. I'm just getting re- the user to these podcasts and it's It's really cool. Pedro, for anyone who's not listening, has been on a bunch of these episodes. And I was just saying, before this call started, I was just saying to Dev, who's the CEO of Powered by Search, how good a guest Pedro is on the show. So anyone listening, if you've not heard him before, you're in for a treat. Right. So today we're going to be talking about a company called Dixa. Dixa is a customer service platform, or maybe in a customer engagement platform, or a number of other things. And that will form some of the conversation today. But before we dive in, Here's a little bit of information about the company themselves. Before we dive into the episode, I want to give you some context around Dixa. Dixa is a customer engagement platform. They were founded in 2015 in Søbenhagen, Denmark. That's Copenhagen to anyone outside of Denmark, I guess. And like the majority of companies we're gonna talk about on Insider Marketing, we don't have conversion or revenue data. So we have to make some inferences. Our bet this time is that they're doing somewhere between 30 to 50 million, probably on the upper end of that. Now we're gonna share strategy ideas for how Dixa could get more good fit demos with senior SEO strategist, Pedro Villalobos. Let's dive in. Great, so that was a little bit of information about Dixa. Now, I actually really enjoyed looking at this one today. There's a lot of things to say. And actually, you know what? Tixer have done a really good job of their website. It was a pleasure to navigate around to look at. I think it looks good. And I think their positioning is probably pretty strong already. Although I do have some questions about it, which we'll come to later. But look, Tixer's branding and their illustration, it makes me want to dive in deeper. And, you know, part of the goal of marketing is to get customers to a place where they are product aware and ready to buy, right? That's demand gen. And in order to do that, you have to keep people around long enough to convince them that you're the product for them, if you are. And I think people overlook the visuals a lot of the time. But Dixa looks friendly, which is good because they're trying to create a category here called customer friendship. In fact, their homepage headline reads, where customer service becomes customer friendship with a big trademark symbol next to it. Classic, classic company, (laughs) Pedro. Yeah, that's a beautiful message, right? I think it's a lovely message, but Pedro, how do you feel when you read it? What immediately came to mind? I mean, there is a lot of customer service
1: platforms out there. None of them right now position themselves as being friendly and the platform to become friends with your customers, right? So I think they
0: are in in an interesting place. You know what? In the past, I've found that my best customers and clients have been people who I could message on any app that I use. I'll give you an example. I recently created a product for fun, and the best customers for that product were all people who I could send a DM to on Twitter and get a response quickly and have a conversation with I think Dix are actually onto something here in kind of bringing people into the conversation around customer service as friends and having the empathy that, you know, ultimately helps the customer service agents understand the customer on a a personal basis. As you said, I don't think anyone's doing that, right? I I think about like Zendesk and I don't think, oh, Zendesk is a company that's going to help me be friends with my customer.
1: We have this company in Brazil called New Bank. They are about to IPO in the US, in fact. They created this whole segment where they are really friendly to people, just kinda like Netflix, but in a useful way. There is a trend there, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, the kind of the personal touch makes a huge difference as well. Uh and in fact, the homepage illustration on Dix's website is a conversation between Someone called Rob and Irma, both are very smiley and good looking, I've got to say. Uh, And, you know, in this conversation, Rob is getting a thousand loyalty points with a replacement gift because something went wrong with their order. And, And then there's a little sign that says increasing LTV 36%, which is interesting, right? Because, Pedro, you were talking about how customer service is often seen as a cost, And you have to explain the cost to the buyer, right? Yes, exactly. Right now, what
1: I'm seeing in their blog and all the website, basically, they are uh, positioning themselves as a really good source of information for people in customer service, customer experience. But they aren't necessarily saying, okay, this is how we we will sell us to your boss, let's say, like this. So whoever is paying for the product, They need to see the dollar figure behind uh, having a better structure, offering better services, you know. And by the way, one funny thing, as you were mentioning the website, I'm pretty sure we both analyzed different websites because they are running an A-B test. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, on the second website, they aren't focusing so much on the empathy or the friendliness. They are more directed to efficiency, as I'm seeing on the whole website,
0: the whole homepage. Wow, that is interesting. But what I will say, Pedro, is I think after that homepage hero, we're seeing the same thing. Because my assessment here is that they are doing really, really well already in terms of how it looks and feels. They clearly have differentiators. That's obvious from the start. Now, you're creating a category. You've got to have a lot of money to spend in order to back that up. Dixer just raised $100 million earlier this year. This is 2021. This episode might actually go out in 2022, uh, depending on our schedule. So last year, potentially. But the thing about this is, is that you still have to communicate the pain, right? So we've talked on previous episodes about how, yes, it's fine to create a category if you've got a lot of cash because you could potentially be a big winner with your marketing. You might also be a huge loser, by the way. That's the risk you take. And it's why you need a huge budget in order to actually do it. But you still need to communicate pain. Now, let's look at the messaging. So I think that they could make this whole page perform better with slight changes to their messaging throughout the website. So look at copy, like empower your agents to deliver unbeatable experiences. Now, I ask myself, could I take that and put it onto Zendesk's website? and see any meaningful differentiation. Well, I bet actually that if I went over to Zendesk's websites, I'd find almost the exact same piece of copy. And so no, it doesn't do anything to tell a customer that this is the product for them. It's vague because for example, what does an unbeatable experience mean to a SaaS company versus an e-commerce company or a finance company? That's very vague and also, Why aren't my agents currently empowered? What does that mean? Now, along with that, there is an image that just says 30% FCR increase. I'm actually not familiar with the acronym FCR in the first place. Maybe that's a customer service thing. I'd be super embarrassed if it's a SaaS thing, given that that's our expertise, but I don't think it is. So, But what I'm seeing is that they have these kind of proof points, that they're communicating with images, which is nice, but it feels like they should make more of that. And then also, if I read below that heading, I've got a piece of copy that says, intelligently matches customers with the right agent based on rules I set, like knowledge, CRM data, interaction history, and LTV to create context-driven experiences for your customers. Now, that actually says a lot more than Deliver unbeatable experiences by empowering your agents, right? It's actually unique. Segmenting via LTV is pretty unique. That's lifetime value for anyone who's not familiar with that as an acronym. I doubt anyone else does that. Now, if I'm a person who cares about segmenting by LTV, and by the way, I very much do, you know, our clients, for example, whenever we work on positioning, we want to know what is the LTV of different customer segments. If I'm a person who sees that you're able to do that and facilitate that in my customer service kind of workflow, yeah, I'm putting my hand up. I'm saying, tell me more about that thing. However, if I see deliver unbeatable experiences, I think maybe I already do. I don't know, right? Yeah, it's too vague. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Now, what are we doing here? Like, So we're saying their copy for this already exists. It's literally in the page. All that we're saying is... By flipping around the hierarchy of the message and saying, okay, look, the the differentiator is this, and here's what it means for you, versus here's what this product will do for you, and then at the end saying, okay, in small print, effectively, here's the outcome. Like That kind of flipping copy, the flipping hierarchy of information makes a huge difference to a person who's skim reading the page, and almost everybody is skim reading web pages when they look at them. So you have to grab their attention quickly. They have all this information, this valuable information that's hidden on the
1: one to five list on the top, right? There is no other indication that they have more information like goodbye omni-channel, hello moods experience.
0: Yeah, I know this probably sounds pretty crazy as well, but when I read, for anyone who's not seen this website, there's a section where it says rethink your customer experience with Dixit in small type. And then next to it, there's one, two, three, four, five bullets with numbers in them. Now, you can click on each one of those numbers to reveal a little bit of how Dixa actually helps the customer experience. That's the section you're on about, Pedro? Yeah, exactly. It's really hidden. And- yeah, and actually, given where this product is placed in the market, so as a customer service tool effectively, you know, if you take away the category creation aspect, I actually thought that that was a survey on how good Dixer might be. I know that sounds really backwards, given that I'm just looking at their website for the first time. But I looked at it as, not rethink, but rank, weirdly. When I was skim reading, I saw rank your customer experience with Dixer. And then I thought I was giving it a score. Did you? All right. Yeah. That's why I clicked it. Yeah. And I mean, like, ultimately, if I click five or three, or you know, if I think it's particularly bad and I click one, I'm never going to move past it, and I'm also going to be like, "What did I just do?" Right? Because because when you click the number, there's a carousel beneath it that reveals more information. And by the way, that carousel, you can't actually highlight the text. This is a small thing, but if you can't highlight text, I can't. If I can't highlight it, I can't send it to my boss to get them to approve it. Right? I have to type it out and explain it. So yeah, lots of kind of. Little changes that would make big differences. I like the way, by the way, that they've got blog posts at the bottom of their website, and they even explain how many minutes it's going to take to read. That's important because not everyone's going to convert right away. And so that makes a lot of sense. And Pedro, I'm going to hand over to you now, but I just want to give a shout out here, and we'll come back to it later, to their Book a Demo page, which I think is going in my personal swipe file. So we'll talk about that later, but Pedro, what are you seeing in terms of search?
1: Yeah, you just mentioned the blog posts down there. It's really important to have this type of things on your homepage, but usually you don't want to have the latest blog posts on your homepage. You want to have your pillar blog posts, the most important ones that helps explain your product, helps the user convert. This way you end up having a better ranks for your pages. And you increase your top core relevance. So it's really important to have the best content, not the latest content, necessarily.
0: Yeah, for sure. It's all about guiding the customer journey, right? And people forget that about marketing. They think that newness is the only thing that you should think about in marketing. I'm not saying dicks are guilty of that here, but a lot of people who you ask will say, hey, we should put the latest blog posts on there versus the ones that will help the customer.
1: I mean, I've done this before a lot. The more you see, the more you see it's been applied and the results you can get out of it the more you think how you can better serve people while you are also getting your SEO in a better place, right? Whenever you can combine both, it's the best way to go. Right now, when you look at their search uh, momentum, they have good and growing organic traffic. When I look at tools like HRFs or SEMrush, they've been growing for the past month and which is a good thing. The thing I mentioned about they have in two different uh, homepages because they are testing one, I wasn't sure about what is their main keyword, if it's customer service platform or customer engagement platform. I have to say I would go with the later. Customer engagement platform is a really interesting keyword to work with. I'll talk more about it in the end. But basically, uh, it's important to adhere to one keyword, one important keyword, so you can organize your content around it, organize your topics, and really show
0: your visitors and search engines what your content is about. Can you explain how that works, Pedro? So I think we're talking about like topic clusters here, right?
1: Yes, yes. So already giving some advice here. Basically, when you look at customer service platform and customer engagement platform, they both have almost the same amount of traffic. In fact, customer engagement platform has a little bit more search traffic. And funny thing is engagement platform is easier to rank for. It has a really lower keyword difficulty. So when you think about how you are positioning yourself and when you think about how you are going to position yourself, it's also important to find these, these opportunities so customer engagement platform compared to customer service platform is a great opportunity. You have a keyword a difficulty that's one-fifth of the other, so it's easier to rank. It will drive you more traffic, especially when you think about they are creating the this new segment, right? It might be interesting for them to have their own keyword. They are talking about engagement. They are talking about friendliness among clients. It all connects together. This is good when you think from the user perspective, from the messaging perspective, I believe. And all of this also converts on better rankings because you, at the end, search engines want to provide the visitor with the best answer for what they are looking for. It's not necessarily the exact keyword, the page that uh, is most op- optimized for that keyword. It's the page that answers it best and that has the most authority, the topical relevancy around it and by again by moving back to the proper keywords they have a good opportunity to do this
0: yeah i like it i think i think it's a good i think it's a good move particularly where they seem to be at as a business okay what's next
1: cool so their blog content as i said before it's really focused on the customer service and the customer experience people they are generating authority there and this is a good thing they will become a source of information for those people and those are the daily users from there we can take this opportunity to create content aiming the check signer right so they can again put a dollar value at what they are doing making it easier for the customer service people to share this with their bosses and say okay let's buy this let's use this platform they are really good they are helping me they have authority that's uh an interesting opportunity for them i mean they don't necessarily have to rank for content related to the check signer they can just help people who are already going there
0: sell their product
1: inside right
0: yeah yeah exactly i think people overestimate in b2b saas these days how important it is to rank specifically for for kind of bottom of funnel keywords it's ideal if you can right if you can get rankings for high volume keywords with high intent on them as well, job done. But not every keyword that is going to convert heaps of customers for you is going to have volume. And so like, don't be too concerned with the ranking necessarily is my kind of advice a lot of the time to people. Just make sure you're visible and that you're solving the question that a customer might have overall.
1: Yeah, I think that we do at PBS and I find it refreshing is that we focus on the right traffic, not in a lot of traffic. I've done a lot of SEO for other companies that just wanted to have uh, a lot of traffic because they were doing branding for a company that serves the whole country, for example. And then it might make sense, but I mean, if you are doing B2B uh, service for customer representatives, there is no reason for you to rank for just about anything.
0: Traffic for the sake of traffic is just cost for the company, right? I like it. I might get that on a T-shirt. Traffic for the sake of traffic is just cost for the company. (laughs) That's a very (laughs) niche (laughs) T-shirt. What else are you seeing, Pedro?
1: Yeah, thinking about some opportunities here, they are already ranking for personalization as a service. I think that's another niche that's cool, that's interesting, it might fit with them. Since they are already ranking, and considering that's a, an expensive keyword, it's probably driving conversions for them. It might be interesting to create a specific landing page for it to organize everything related to personalization as a service, to be the hub for customer service people looking for it to find information and all.
0: Do you have in front of you there which page is currently ranking for that? You, or is that do you not have that right now?
1: yes it's a blog post it's delivering personalized services so five tips that actually work
0: very interesting it's a really actionable blog post because they do have a page they've got a product page which is dedicated to that so that's product forward slash personalization but i would say that page itself is fairly light on content and maybe by linking out to what they already have, or having that blog post link back to this one, this landing page, which is obviously tailored to getting people to book a demo, although the book a demo CTA is actually blended in with the background of the hero, which isn't great. That could be something that they could kind of capitalize on rather than just having the tips uh, if they just gave people, okay, here's the tips, here's the actual thing to do. It's an internal linking thing. Yeah, that's true. I completely skip the personalization page
1: just because there is nothing related to as a service on this personalization page That's true yeah And the keywords personalization as a service yeah you know that can be a more actionable keyword at least for not necessarily a book a demo but to share some PDFs or something to increase the knowledge around it right Again they are in this field of teaching people how to work best. Lastly, on keyword opportunities, I think they are missing a lot of the how to type of search. I end up going after the check signer persona. I really like creating content that helps you sell really fast. But thinking around like how to hire a customer service person, how to increase revenue with CS, you know, that's even something that I know CS look look after because everyone wants their own department to grow, to prosper. Right. So educating them in a way that you are creating the right type of traffic, the bottom funnel and commercial type of traffic, transactional type of traffic is an opportunity that right now they are missing.
0: Yeah, it's true. So just to explain that. So you've got the check signer avatar. That's the person who ultimately signs a check to buy the product. And you have to speak to those people. But. It's also important to speak to the other people too, right? So we've got two other avatars who we generally speak to are the daily manager or influencer and the daily user. Now, most people weirdly end up speaking only to the influencer and not the daily user. Most of the time, the daily user is the person who actually goes off, looks for the solution, and then tells the manager who goes off and gets the budget from the check signer. So you have to speak to them all. But yeah, I think I think you're, you're right about the how-to thing. It's super important to have that stuff.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when you think about serving these three personas, you are also thinking about your lifetime value, right? Because the check signer agree with the cost, with the benefits, the influencer understands the product, what it's doing for them, and the daily user is actually using it. It's actually enjoying using it, so... When you fill up all these gaps, you can have a better LTV for a product.
0: Oh, yeah. Better LTV. That's the goal. So I want to just come back in the last few minutes here to this book a demo page and explain why it's so good. So most companies get their book a demo page completely wrong. It's just a form and it's got a lot of fields on it, right? So the reason that's wrong is because... Just because someone looks at your book a demo page, and I can attest to this with actual stats, it doesn't mean that they're ready to book a demo. They might be interested to know what happens. What's the process? After I book this demo, am I going to have to go through a screening call with like a pre-sales agent only to get onto a sales call and then find out maybe you know, there's a demo or something. Most B2B SaaS companies are pretty opaque about what you're going to get out of it. Now, they also don't take that opportunity to nudge you in the direction of, hey, look, you might not have decided yet. So here's some more information about what you're going to get out of this. Now, Dixa, on the other hand, do some really good things. And then there's a couple of things that they could do better. So what are the really good things? Firstly, their trans their headline is transform your customer experience. Instantly, I think, cool, I want that, right? If I'm a person running customer service, I probably have come looking for a product because I'm, I've seen a problem and I want to take a demo of this because I'd like to know how it can trust, transform my customer experience job done, right? That's great. Then. There's three checklist items underneath that basically say, level up your platform with multi-experience. It's pretty vague, but ultimately if I'm in this industry, maybe I think, okay, yeah, I can buy into that. See an increase of up to 17% in customer retention. That sounds pretty great, no matter what industry I'm in. And save 25% of every agent's day. I think like copy-wise, that could probably do with some massaging to make that more clear. But again, It's focused on the outcomes here. Now, then they've got a, and this is a two column page, by the way, on the left hand, they've got a bunch of copy, which is great. And on the right hand, they've got the actual form in a really clear way. And every step of the way, if I look at the form, there is something on the left hand side at the same height that basically corresponds to making me feel good about filling out the form. And then they've got a customer success quote here from one of their clients that says, we had an aspiration before Dixit to become one global team. Dixit's one screen wonder helped us rid us, helped rid us of silos and unlock this opportunity. Again, pretty vague quote, but it looks and feels very legit. Now that's important because on a page like this, it's a key conversion page. It's a money page. All you're looking to do is get the right people to take the next step. You don't need to sell, you don't need to like only get a hundred percent of people who convert on this stage to the next stage down the funnel. You just want to get the right sort of people to get on a call with you and giving them this opportunity to say, okay, yeah, this looks good. I think I feel good about this. I want to take the next step is important. Now how I would improve this is I would explain what is involved in the demo itself. Is it a single person demo? Is it 30 minutes? Is it an hour? Where in the sales process is it? At the end, what will I get out of it if I get nothing other than the demo? Am I going to get some kind of strategy or ideas about how I could do this on my own? Like what happens? And then I didn't actually fill this out, but what we always recommend is if somebody is a good fit and you qualify that by form fields. So like, for example, in this case, number of agents might be a qualifier you immediately send them to a calendar booking widget. I don't know if whether Dixar has done this because I haven't filled out this form yet, but a lot of people don't do that. And that, again, is another missed opportunity. So that's what Dixar are doing really well on their Book a Demo page. Pedro, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I would agree with you. I tend to get uh, fewer fields on the form, right? The messaging and everything's really good. I mean. It shows you exactly what they're saying. They have to talk to the to the money people, right? Yeah, yeah. The check sign. Definitely. And they're saying exactly how they will help it. Sorry, not how they will help, but the, the outcomes of their help.
0: Yeah, that's it. So I actually have no idea why most people ask for a phone number on forms like this. It feels like a phone number these days is totally unnecessary for a demo call because you're not going to be able to show me anything. You're just going to be able to call me, and I probably don't want that. I want to take a low a low-commitment demo?
1: I've read about it one time, and uh, one thing they said is that they asked for the phone number so they could ask for a country Interesting. And to avoid people just signing up. So the phone number form is actually something that they will use to confirm that's a real person. Mm. If it's just 999, you know, it's not, it's not a real number. So this will lower the person's score.
0: Whenever I test one of these out, I always use the phone number from Blues Brothers six three four five seven eight nine, and I sing it in my head as I type it out. All right, Pedro, this was a lot of fun. We've got to end it here, but thanks for your time today. Always a pleasure to have you on the show, and we'll have you again soon.
1: Thanks, Mark. It was really cool, man. I love analyzing all these websites and
0: see how we can help them. Right? Exactly. And Dixa, if you're listening to this, give us a call. Well, that's it for the day, but friend, it doesn't have to end here. Because if you want to do something about your SaaS marketing, you should go to our website. We have heaps of in-depth blog posts, podcasts, and other resources about how to grow your demos, free trials and signups with demand gen SEO or PPC. Now, if you want us to help you with that, you can book a SaaS scale session by clicking on the work with us button in the nav bar. Or you can follow me on Twitter, I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C, or follow our founder, Dev Basu, that's D-E-V-B-A-S-U. I'll see you next time for another episode of Insider Marketing.